This is episode four of the Uncovered Dish Christian Leadership Podcast. The podcast that uncovers stories, equips leaders, and changes the world. And we are your hosts, Caitlin Dio and James Lee. Hello, everyone. We are here with Reverend Beth Caulfield here at the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey. She directs our small group ministry and champions our Team Vital Project team. Now, she has a really interesting backstory of how she grew in her passion. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? My family was living in Paris, France. I was a stay-at-home mom with a three-year-old and a 15-month-old. When I was invited to a parachurch ministry uh, called Community Bible Study, and the way they hooked me in was they said, look, um, you come, you get two hours of adult company, we take care of your kids, they're <laughs> out there own. That's the plus right there. And I said, I am there. That's it, yeah. I was gonna say, that's how you hook you in. Yeah, that's I am how there. Hook you in. How many people were in your small group? Just um, well, we started out, um, when I first joined the group, there was about 30 people broken into three different small groups. Oh, um, okay. I became a small group leader, and I then became the director of the program, and we grew while we were there. And from that, uh, received a call that, you know, um, you're being called into ordained ministry, go to seminary, and the story goes from there. Sure, it's amazing because it only took that one person in Paris to ask you, come join us, that led you on this journey. And I think that's what we have to kind of realize today. You just have to ask. You just have to invite people in the community to come in and you can start anyone, a whole religious journey like yours. And that's amazing. That's exactly it. And, and you know, um, and I'm so glad you said that, Caitlin, because there are many people who might um, not have time for a worship service on mm. a, a traditional time. Or even for someone who hasn't been to a church in a long time or have never been to church, attending a Sunday service is a lot of pressure. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, either that or are there people who just um, uh, perhaps have been hurt by the church right, right. or have never been exposed to it? Um, the, uh, the approach of a, of a good small group is community and sharing an experience. Um, and those opportunities uh, open up a whole world to people. And, and I know that my faith wouldn't be where it was if it weren't for that experience. To go back a little bit, you know, we're talking about small groups. And, you know, when you hear that we're a small group, it's, oh, it's a small group. But what is really a small group in the sense of what you're doing for yeah. the churches? Yeah, just kind yeah. of explain what a small group is, I sure. guess. Sure. So small groups are different than your traditional um, adult education or, or even uh, Sunday school classes where one person is in their knowledge on everyone else. Small groups are where people um, come together and experience a facilitated sharing. So as a person who may be thinking about going to church, okay, maybe they haven't been going in a while, they, they're thinking about, okay, I want to go to church. Usually the focus of church from the outside world in is worship. Like, okay, Sunday worship is a big thing. So someone might ask, like, I, why can't I just go to worship? Why do I have to be plugged into a small group? Why can't, you know, isn't Sunday service enough? And I guess the question is what happens in small group or what does small group have to offer that one cannot get from a Sunday worship service? Yeah, and, and I get asked that question a lot, and um, you know, usually it it gets resolved easily when I ask people, well, how are you connecting with others? If you're showing up at a service and um, walking out of the service, um, maybe even if you serve on committees, um, are you having those deep sharing experiences, and how is your faith growing? Generally, we know 
that we grow as disciples not in an alone journey. We need others for that, and we need to connect. So small group experience gives that opportunity to really um, apply what we're hearing at the worship service or what we're experiencing uh, in our real life and to ask the questions and to um, try out the new ideas. Um, and uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, people find, in fact, there are statistics that say half the people who go to church say they wish there was something more. Mm. They really aren't getting something out of it wow. uh, as much as they had hoped. Um, and uh, those are frightening statistics. Uh, but um, the reality is um, there is much more, um, but it's found in the uh, getting together with others and through a variety of ways um, and really connecting with folks that have that mindset. Awesome. So um, I just want to change gears a little bit and and talk about a blog post that Beth wrote a little while ago. By the way, the blog post is at gnjumc.org. It's The Connection. Um, but the blog post, the title was Five Reasons Why Pastors Should Not Be Small Group Leaders. That's that's such a that's such a provocative uh, title for a lot of our church leaders. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, it, it was interesting because I had quite a lot of feedback about it. I know the blog got a lot of hits and was passed around a number of places because for many that was a foreign concept. Right, right. And um, but really, it's uh, when you when you think it through, uh, in an ideal situation. Uh, pastors are not the best folks for a number of reasons. That doesn't mean that pastors cannot be small group leaders. Uh, they may be the ones who have to set up a program. Okay, okay. Um, but, All right. <laughs> Got but, me a little nervous, but okay. Right, yeah. right and introduce the, the concept to the church. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when you think about it, there's a couple of things about pastors. Um, first of all, they're seen as authority figures. Uh, when you have an authority in a group that you're trying to bond and connect with, uh, the temptation is to defer to the authority. Mm. Um, they are um, someone that can make people feel a little self-conscious who are not used to that environment. You want, a, self, you want a, a small group to be a place where people can feel comfortable coming as they are. So we train facilitators, for instance, that the main thing they're supposed to be doing is making people feel comfortable, confident that they have something to say and it's a value and it's a safe place to do it. That almost sounds like another small group in itself. So if a pastor, say, is in a church and there's no small groups, I guess it has to start with the pastor at least training uh, small group facilitators? Not or necessarily. What's the, what's Sometimes you have, um, uh, it could be a, a pastor who, who sets the vision, okay. right? But uh, you need a strong lay people who can uh, coordinate the program, um, train small group leaders, maybe work with the pastor, discern who small group leaders are. There's a whole conversation in there. Mm, um, right, but right. but I, I want to get back to, so there's the, the challenge of them being authority figures, and there's also the challenge of them being, um, by trade, teachers. Right. Right. And that's both um, they have a propensity to teach because uh, it's often a gift of theirs. Uh, and it's also that they are seen and expected to teach. Uh, and even if they um, overcome that teaching, um, they still have to grapple with people expecting that of them. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a difficult dynamic. And, and it does... And, 
cause a group to um, have other things happen uh, that wouldn't necessarily happen otherwise. People uh, may be afraid to share in front of an authority figure. That's my pastor. I don't want to share my dirty laundry or I don't want to <laughs> give the wrong answer, right? right, right. Um, or uh, there are people who are excited to be noticed by the pastor uh, uh, who may uh, d- uh, say a lot of things to show off their knowledge and so forth. Huh. But those are um, dynamics that um, can be avoided when you have a group that it's just us. It's just us. The other piece is um, small group leadership is a great place for laity to find their calling uh, in who they are um, as leaders in the church. Um, Many have spiritual gifts around being that um, facilitating, comforting type person. You don't have to be a teacher. In fact, probably the worst uh, small group leaders are teachers because of the propensity to do that. You want someone uh, who is focused on uh, providing an environment and drawing people out. So really facilitating. It's a great place for for laity to experience that gift. And it's also a great place that a pastor can be comfortable handing off to someone else so that they can focus on the many other responsibilities that they have within the church. (laughs) Mm. Um, Healthy churches need healthy pastor-laity leadership, right? Mm. And the the pastors who get burnt out are doing everything themselves. And they're either doing that because they think they're supposed to, or they have a church that thinks they're supposed to, or both. So um, providing that opportunity is a great place for the, the pastor to be able to step back, for new leaders to find their gifts. I'm, I'm an example of that. Um, I came out of laity and found out I had a gift of leadership through small groups. Um, you know, I told the story of being involved in community Bible study, but I also then began leading small groups within my church and uh, recognized a, a calling through that. So um, it's, uh, it's important to, to give that opportunity. And also, you know, I remind folks that uh, a lot of times places where small groups aren't happening, it's because there's an expectation for the pastor to pick it up and they've got so many things on their, on their to-do list that they just don't get around to it. Wow. That's awesome. So say that I'm a, a, a lay leader or say I'm just another person in the church. I hear this. I get excited. I'm like, you know what? I have a great topic. I want to start a small group, mm-hmm. but I don't know where to start. Yeah. What, what are some resources or um, I don't know. Where, where do they start? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a number of things I'd say there. Um, you want to um, work with your pastor first. Let your pastor know. I'm sure they'll be thrilled. Um, talk through uh, what the vision is for how small groups fit within the strategic ministry plan of the church. I don't think that there should ever be an issue of small groups not being part of the plan, but more rather of how do we fold that into the plan as we're developing it and rolling it out. Um, A lot of prayer. Um, a lot of people forget that one. People yeah. forget that one, but but that's part of the exciting things and probably the biggest thing that I learned out of a small group participation is it's amazing what happens when you pray. Praying about, okay, what is the right timing? Who are the people to be uh, to become small group leaders or to run this program? It's amazing how, um, and, and I have stories of this myself, 
of where we just knew, for instance, that uh, it was time to start a, a prison um, small group ministry. Mm. Uh, we had no idea how to do that. We had <laughs> no idea um, who was to be involved. Um, but as a leadership team, we prayed. And the next thing I know, I had um, people coming to me saying, you know, God's put on my mind prison ministry. I think I'm supposed to be doing that. Wow. Um, wow. I attended a, a Christmas party of a friend, and who do I meet there? But the head administrator or what we'd call a warden of the local prison. I met him. Mm. <laughs> at a Christmas party. At a Christmas party. Uh, and uh, and it, this guy, I'll never forget, he was about like 6'6", six, six, about 350 pounds, right? Huge, uh-huh. daunting guy. And I said, well, you know, I, I have all my heart starting a, a Bible study, like small group program at your prison. Um, I don't know what you feel about that. And uh, his response was, well, the first thing I need to know is, are you born again? Now... I had no idea the way he said it. Was that a good thing? Was that a yeah, bad he, thing? When someone asked that, you're kind of like trying to read the... Uh, um, but, but um, uh, you know, I just smiled and I said, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he said, praise God, this is what we need. And um, the door opened and um, the story goes on. It kept going like that. But it was through prayer that something that I had never seen myself being involved with as as well as a number of people and was probably one of the most life-changing ministries of my life happened. So back to your question, how do I make this happen? Prayer and prayer with others. Pray with your pastor. Pray with other people that that maybe have this on their mind. Uh, And then dream. What would small groups look like at our church? Who is our church? What are our needs? And what about our community? So um, we have a number of churches that immediately say, yes, of course, we want to have some type of Bible study, some type of topic-based small groups. Whether it's curriculum-based or it's um, ministry-based, there are small groups that form around maybe Habitat for Humanity groups, um, small groups that form around um, youth groups, small groups that are the gardening club, that are the praise band, Uh, but there's an intentionality of about helping people grow in their faith about it. So it isn't just the activity, because you can also have all kinds of secular activities that have a small group um, base to them. So we have churches that have started country line dancing groups. <laughs> we have hiking groups, high adventure groups. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, so, you know you no well, that's, that's one of my why. favorite that's ones. Yeah. We have Zumba groups. We have um, dinner for 12 groups. In Morristown, they have a Thai dining group where once a month, people who just love Thai food, they find different Thai restaurants in the area and abound, and they go out and they enjoy eating together. That sounds like a small group we should start there right here go. in yeah. our office. Just start a Yelp group. Yelp group? You know? Yeah, just go small down groups, the list. Small like groups don't have to meet in the church. They can meet in houses. They can meet at the beach. They can meet at a cafe. Um, there, there's really, it's the, um, the limits are as limited as your own creativity. Mm. The key is, though, providing a place where people can really connect um, deeply and connect faith with it, wherever they are with that. So what are some topics that they would kind of, 
you know, they have all these activities they can meet, but what are yeah. some topics? I want to start a small group, but I don't know what to talk about. How do I start? Yeah. What topics do we talk yeah. about? Yeah. Well, you know, it can be as simple, and I, I went through this with James a little bit already. It can be as simple as um, we are going to do our activity. And then we will always dedicate some time of prayer and discussing three basic Wesley Covenant group questions. How is it with your soul? How is your spiritual life going? And how can we pray for you? Three little questions can bring out rich, rich talk with people. You can be much more curriculum-based where you do a study on forgiveness. Uh, a study on the great um, the great religions of the world, um, Karl Barth. I mean, the, the the subject the topics are are endless. Um, really, what um, I encourage churches to do when they're thinking about small groups is to survey their um, congregations. What are the interests out there? You'd be amazed. You know, I've had it in my head. I'd like to get people around um, grief support. We have a number of people who have lost loved ones recently in our congregation. Um, There are a number of support groups like that that start this way. Grandparents raising grandchildren. We've got a a support group with the church out there with that. Um, uh, Your your traditional uh, addiction-based groups can be small group format. Um, I mean, there's a host of ways to do it. The key is what is your church, what is your community grappling with? We have churches that recognize they're in uh, communities that have huge struggles with heroin. So they're they're starting support groups, uh, whether it's for the addicts or for family members dealing with it, or for people who want to make a difference in their community to to stand up against this powerful drug. So um, who's our community? What's going on? Who's our church? What's going on? What are the gifts? What are the interests? Um, I, I'm very broad with it because really there are no limits. I've d- I'm definitely starting to think about some small group ideas in my own church, actually. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> how a, many is normally, how many small groups can a church have? Is there a limit or how? It's a good question. I, I think there, there's no limit. Um, it's it's up to um, obviously you need to have to have a small group. You need at least three people. We say three to fifteen. When you get more than fifteen, divide. Have more. Mm, um, okay. Don't be afraid for a small group to not last for more than four to five weeks. Um, it, there are all kinds of small groups. Small groups that are covenant groups that go on for years with the same folks, or just seasonal groups. Um, that, that get together for a small amount. Ten, what tends to happen is um, you'll pick a, a group that's going to have like a six to eight week curriculum and the group bonds and they say, well, then what are we doing next? We don't want to stop. So, mm. um, um, you know, feel free for that, but also feel comfortable if something doesn't work and it just dies. Fine, don't let that limit you. Just find mm-hmm. something else. What's like one of your favorite small groups that you've seen over past couple of years working with the churches? Wow. Well, you know, there there are the the interesting um, groups that um, do something different. Like I, I mentioned before, the um, Monday night man night, uh, where men are getting together um, before a football game and and doing some study. Um, <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I didn't even mention online groups, which is oh, another yeah. whole topic. That's a, that's a whole. That's other. probably another whole pa- podcast. <laughs> but um, in today's world, the t- the way technology is, the way people interact, and their lives 
lives are so crazy. Um, having online opportunities is a, can be a great enriching and connectional way for people to get together. Do you have any like young adult groups and how does like young adults yeah. can be leaders of these groups? Because yeah. I can't see like, no, if I, you know, an yeah, older yeah. person like leading a young adult and they're no. all sharing. So yeah, it's how interesting. Is- yeah, the, it's interesting. Uh, with young adults, I, I, I get a couple of different of, of uh, ways that, that folks approach that. Some young adults um, say, no, we, wanna, we want the multi-generational groups. We want to learn from one another. And we don't stick us off in our own little, that's the young adult group. Okay. So I get that. But I also get other groups that recognize, look, there's special interests we have, such as I think of um, uh, there's a high adventure group uh, up in Denville Community Church, and they do rock climbing, uh, snowboarding, um, they go um, uh, skiing, surfing, uh, all these different adventure group things, and, uh, and they keep their own pace. Uh, and they'll get up at the top of the mountain and they'll praise God and have a, a, a small group time. Uh, and it's rich and they wind up with folks, and this is what I love about many of these um, activity-based things, uh, folks who never would have shown up at a worship service and maybe spirituality is like something they don't mind touching on a little bit but it's not a focus, are not intimidated by those. Mm-hmm. And what they... Um, uh, they, they develop a, com- a comfort level in hearing a little bit about God through the community that bonds through the activity that drew them there. Sure. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. Again, like you're like, there's so many like small yeah. groups you can think of. Both <laughs> <laughs> getting all like stirred up. You know, it, it's funny. There was a while where, um, you know, church outside of Sunday just there wasn't anything because you know just getting people on Sunday was was enough and realistically you couldn't get you know a whole Sunday pro a Wednesday night program like um, they did in the past or they they do down south very heavily but as people's lives have changed and they they're wanting to connect and wanting community um, opportunities throughout the week are like a necessity and more focus, I believe, needs to be shifted to those uh, than necessarily just the worship service. Um, that doesn't mean we get rid of worship services, but worship services are changing. There, there are um, churches experimenting with dinner church where Thursday night, it's a worship service, it's very bare bones, but it's around the dinner table. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different things yeah. like that. It's almost like a small group worship yeah, <laughs> dinner yeah. dinner table, kind of putting it together, almost going back to like food the food uh, is the always ultra. coming back in. <laughs> well, you know Jesus food, you know you know, bread. It's kind of like built into Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Beth, again for coming on the show. Uh, we're definitely going to have you back to talk more about all to the it. other things that are going on. There's a lot that um, Beth is involved in. Um, we're looking forward to those times. Just to close up, we just want to ask you a last question that we are asking all of our guests. Uh-oh. Um, and, uh, Caitlin, you want to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> so we've been asking all of our guests, if you had one type of food that you had to eat for the rest of your life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, no whole bars. What would that one food dish be? That's easy. Sushi. 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 What's your favorite sushi? I like dragon rolls with the eel. Wow. Yeah. That, that was the fastest answer that was. It's we've been heard pizza so far. and bacon, I think. Everyone's been like thinking so hard. Bacon. Bacon has been a running. Yeah. But there's no bacon in... Oh. 
No, there's no no, no bacon in. I mean, I guess you could. You've got a healthy yeah. version, too. You could see too. one like pork belly in there <laughs> yeah. somewhere, but... Slice Smaller, again. Right? <laughs> well, you could be. Sushi. That's true. Sushi Very good. Sushi classes. All right. So, thank you again, for Beth, for coming on the show. Uh, if you... Again, Reverend Beth Caulfield, she is the director of small groups and spiritual visioning. If you have more questions for Beth, you could email her at bcaulfield. That's C-A-U-L-F-I-E-L-D at gnjumc.org. Thank you, Beth. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, take care. All right. What is Team Vital? Team Vital is a resource that will bring congregations together and help leaders create a strategic ministry plan. As part of Team Vital, congregations will come alongside one another as they assess their own communities and ministry assets, become equipped for effective ministry, plan future ministry, receive technical support for putting their plans into action, and as a result, grow in their vitality. Team Vital will also help leaders create a strategic ministry plan using the five markers of vitality, worship, making new disciples, small groups, mission, giving. Each church receives individual support, monthly consulting, and other resourcing opportunities for the conference. Churches will then regroup periodically to assess their progress and share lessons learned. Then they can learn from each other, collaborate, support, and hold each other accountable to pursue their ministry plans. It's all about working together, and that is Team Vital.